You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. And Chris. And Chris. If you hear someone just slathering, just like, like you're sucking a fucking ocean of cocks, it's his dogs back there dying of thirst. Yes, they're absolutely dying. They're parched. They're thirsty bitches. Thirsty bitches. Have you ever said that to somebody? You're thirsty? No. I have. Because I thought it was funny. Why would you know if someone is or is not Because if they're like all over one of your friends or something. Oh, you're saying it is like a slam as in you there in, in some sort of sense you of want desperation. Some yeah. yeah. You're thirsty for that dip. You want to see me? Yeah. Okay. No, I have not said that. So what is the context in which you said this to this poor young woman who is probably perfectly lovely and very likely not trying to fuck your friend? No, she was absolutely trying to fuck my friend. No. Did and you fuck her? No. Oh, why? No, Nasty? Probably. She I gross? I she got there. that scab that scabby vagine? She got them chewed up labia? Look mm. like they've been drying in the sun? Couple of raisin lips? Raisin lips, yes. The inner ones, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so gross. How does that happen? Is it tanning? It ha- <laughs> Someone told me once it was tanning that did that. Yes, they go, they air it out in the tanning booth. Well, no, they tan naked. Now, I don't... But yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, are you fucking... Are you trying to turn your pr- your pink brown? Like, how? How does that happen? Here's the thing that I don't understand about women. Granted, I've not been with many women in my life, but I've never seen that kind of vagina in real life. I've never seen it. IRL. How, how does it happen? Stop it. Stop, stop it. Yeah, what know. what is it with young people in language? Why do you hate language so much that you must fucking assault it? What by saying IRL? Like BT dubs, brr, IRL. Brr, I just brr, say brr, things to be goofy. Brr, brr, brr. Anyway, but, but you're just a hateful old what, man. I am a hateful old man. I'm a middle-aged white dude. I am nothing but anger and taxes. So, <laughs> so, but seriously, how does a vagina get that way? I don't know. I wasn't there for yeah, that but part. I, I need listeners to explain it to me. I need to understand how your vagina gets that damaged. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you took it and you pulled on those things to stretch them out real good. Or maybe they put a rubber band on them. You know, like you do, like, like heard, you're going to castrating a bull. Exactly. You just wrap that little, you wrap as that tight little as bull. you can. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that anything has been done to that vagina. I just think that some vaginas are different and they look different than other vaginas, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's still and, enjoyable. And, and if there is a thing that causes that, what can ladies do to avoid it? That's what I need to know. I so, need to make sure. So there that is this, plastic surgery for that. Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, there, you can get your your cooter spruced. I know your cooter spruce. Yeah, you go get a snippy snippy yeah. on your lippy lippies, and it'll turn out all right. Cooter sprucers. Welcome to cooter sprucers. I'm cooter. Where's your cooter need sprucing? Whoop. Brought to you by Stanley Airplane Keys. <laughs> I was explaining that to somebody today. They had never listened to our show, obviously, and. What a shitbird. And he was you admiring my knife. And I was like, yeah, old Mike calls it a hooker zipper. And he's like, he's like, ha, that's funny. I'm like, what's funnier is when he asks you to toss him an airplane key <laughs> on 9-12-2001. And uh, he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, you don't understand that joke. Okay. So I break it down for him. Listeners, I won't bore you with telling you that again. Yeah. Just go listen to the previous episode. Yeah, just know Mike a little bit. Everybody that listens to this does. They know old Broder. Yeah. I had a Fear the Boot listener come into the store today, and he's like, hey, uh, are you Brodor? I'm like, I am Brodor. He's like, oh, hi, I'm Jacob. I listen to the show. It's great. Da, 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 da. I thought I recognized your voice. It's always nice to hear. I love when they call you Brodor. Like, yeah. Hodor. Yeah. Like, hold the door. Yeah. It's fucking magical. The Brodor. Yeah. Get us some Brodor just in here. Tickle a nickel right in my butt. So anyway, Chris and I decided that, well, okay, Chris, really, because I'm, see, here's where we, Chris wants this weird sort of free ball thing where we just riff and talk and, you know, go on that sort of stuff. Yeah. So what, what, okay, what's been interesting in your life recently? Nothing, nothing is interesting in my life that I want to talk about on this radio show. Fair enough. So. On this podcast. We're we're doing, uh, it's the end of the month, we're doing 12s at work right now, and it's where you work 12-hour shifts five days a week. The last Saturday of the month, you're open until all the customers are gone. So that could be 12 hours. It might be nine hours, which it normally is, but there's really no telling how long you're going to be there. It is fucking – it's mentally exhausting. You're not, you're not doing anything physical. Right. Now, I will jog to go get a car mm-hmm. because I'm like, I need to feel alive for a second. 
So I'll, I'll move a little bit. But if for the most part, it's so fucking mentally draining. And today, um, I did not see my first customer until after 1 o'clock. It, I, dude, I wanted to put fucking pins in my eyes. Ugh. And pins are abundant in this place. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> that's how you have to sign paperwork. Mm-hmm. So they want pins there. So they're like, oh, there's fucking pins here. Pins you, got, you guys want some fucking pins? Here's some fucking <laughs> you pins. Only, you only have two Banks. eyes. You're going you're like, to look like one of those fucking sideshow dudes who, who smokes 100 cigarettes. You're just going to have 100 pins I look like the goddamn guy from eye. Hellraiser. Okay. Yeah. You mean Pinhead? Pinhead, You'll that's be Pinhead. Pinhead. Um, so, you, you know, I don't help my first customer until one, this guy comes in, he, the car that he wanted sold asshole didn't call to ask if it was there. And, uh, I'm like, fuck dude, for reals. And he's like, I'm not looking at another one. My wife sent me here for this. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. And you don't know what she wants. No, I don't. She told me to come look at this one. And I'm like, all right, so what are we doing here? He's like, well, I'm going to go home. And I'm like, fuck. All right. So that took seven minutes of my life. Nothing happens. The next person that comes in is a year into a two-year lease, which means he's severely upside down, mm-hmm. okay? There's really not a good scenario for this dude unless he wants to put a boatload of money down or accept the fact that his payment is going to be higher getting into a new vehicle. Right. Why does he he's – had, he's had for a year. What does he care? Right? He's like, no, I need my payment to be basically cut in half. And I'm like, are you on drugs? Like, what, yeah, yeah. What the, what the fuck, dude? What the actual hell? So I go through this process of explaining it to him, thinking this is disengaging with this individual and he's going to want to be done now. Right. And maybe, just maybe, I'll get to talk to somebody else before I go home. No, he's like, all right, so let me bounce some ideas off you. And I'm like, are you shitting me right now? What ideas do you have? To, I just told you all the ideas. <laughs> there are no more ideas. Yes. Yeah. Like you can you can spitball a little bit yeah. here, but the human just... race is done. We had none of us. There's seven billion people. There's no more ideas for this scenario. They're gone. Okay, so he's he's like, and, and he's saying stupid shit. And he's like, what if I take out a loan so that I can put money down to buy this down? And I'm like, so you're going to pay interest on being upside down for a short period of time, and for six months you're going to pay. An extra four hundred dollars. I'm like, do you, do you see how that sounds stupid? Well, it sounds very stupid. And I'm like, in the end, you're going to pay more money because of that. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? Like, use your brain holes. Why 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 does he want another car? You've had this car for one year, and it's a lease, dude. Yeah. You get to get you walk away from it at yeah. the end. Like, you can be like, oh, I don't want this one anymore. I would like a different one or something. There's there is literally a clause there. And Santa's gonna give Papa a new bag, you know. He's gonna give him brown. He's gonna give him a new set of wheels. So I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, go home. And he's like, so this is it then. And I'm like, this, this, yeah, yeah, this is it. That's all. How do you feel? And he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go think about this. See, the thing is, is that people have been conditioned to think that when they walk onto the car lot, that you have some sort of magic power. To get them into said car, or to any car for that matter, but but you don't. See, I have so many questions about the car industry and how it works. Like, for example, are you on deck? Like, are you guys in some sort of queue? So when a customer walks in, it's Chris's turn like tables at a restaurant? So technically we're supposed to be, but that, that kind of goes to hell with if somebody's mad at you, you might not see somebody right away. Um, you're supposed to actually, it's supposed to be like a free-for-all. And if you're able to grab one, you grab them and you help them. Right. And it's actually, that's it's a better experience for the customer that way because, okay, all of a sudden somebody wanted to help them, they go to help them. Right. And you're working with that person. Right. Now, the issue with the current system that's in place is that there's time where, oh, I like, if you, it's supposed to be if you get there first, you get the first customer. That did not happen today. I always get there first. Mm-hmm. Or at least a very close second. So... Don't get the first customer. And I'm like, whatever. Not that big of a deal. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I don't get the next one. And I'm like, all right, this sucks. Third one, no dice. Fourth one is a B-back. So they're there to see somebody that they've already seen once. And I'm, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then finally, there's people that have helped two customers and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this dude got here 
three and a half minutes before we started our morning meeting. Like, this is kind of stupid. Right. So is there somebody who polices that? They're supposed to be, but to police it effectively isn't going to happen. Like like I said, you're going to have favoritism. You're going to have just forgetfulness, that sort of thing. So the best thing that you can possibly do for the customer and for the employees is to let it be an actual free-for-all. And it's it, when you do that, you create what's called a gentleman's floor. So anybody could walk up, and if you see somebody helping, you back off. Or if it's somebody else's customer, you go get that person so right. that um, they can help them. But that's not, uh, you know... That's not what it is right now, and it's quite frustrating. Have you talked to your supervisors about that? Of course. And what do they say? Well, generally, I'm like, you're dead to me. That's how I start the conversation. Yeah. And they'll be like, what? And I'm like, yeah, remember when I got here first, bitch? And they're like, they're like, oh, man, my bad, or something like that. I'll make sure you get the next person. They call it an up. You'll get the next up, so you get the next person that walks in or whatever. Um, that did not happen today, and it was so frustrating. There was a point where I was helping no one, hmm. and I didn't have an appointment set until 6, or until 7.30, I'm sorry, because my 6 o'clock appointment did not show. And uh, That's lame. the lady that was passing out the ups, she's like, you got somebody right now? And I was like, no, I was like, supposed to have a 6 o'clock. They canceled. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, all right walks and gives the customer to somebody else and i'm like what the fuck and this dude already had a customer and i'm like i should stab you to death what did you t what did she say nothing i was like she she was like my bad and i was like don't worry about it it's just how i feed my kids and stuff <laughs> so you know there was that it, it is what it is man i'm not i'll still do well this month yeah but that's still that sucks the bad days will get to you. I hope, listener, you are fascinated by Chris's profession, at least half as fascinated as I am. So here's what I think they should do. I think that your car salesman should be like the bunny ranch. If a customer walks up on deck, the madam or general manager of the car dealership. Which one should, do you want to should help have you? all of you just just parade yourselves out there, tasteful sideball and everything. Mm. And then I, the consumer, get to pick which of these lovely motherfuckers is going to be servicing me. That would be for hysterical. My car. Yeah. Because so, I bet you'd get, I bet you'd get a lot of people. They're like, "Give me that beautiful little twink over there. I'm gonna fuck him and his ears." You know what's funny is, uh, I think most people are like, "Oh, this guy must be a porter or something." Like, I, I don't think they think I sell cars normally because I've got hair and stuff. And then when you start working with them, they're like, "Oh, okay, you're legitimate." Let's let's clarify. I've got hair and stuff. What specifically? Is the and stuff. So, if my uniform is dirty, I will absolutely wear whatever other button-up shirt or whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I know it, it drives my boss crazy sometimes because he's like, you're not in uniform. And I'm like, I'm wearing a fucking tie, dude. It's cool. Let's do this. You have a uniform? Yeah, it's a polo that says the uh, company's lame, name on lame it. Lame them out. Yeah, and, out. and then you got to wear slacks. And then they hate my shoes. So, I bought these shoes. And they're like tennis dress shoe combo. And they're like, you want to you wear like shoes that aren't bowling shoes? <laughs> and I'm like, or I can wear these shoes that are nice and comfortable because I'm in them all day long. And you can wear your fancy pantsy shoes that I used to wear when I thought everybody cared about what my shoes looked like. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. If you are in a job that is commission driven. And it, I mean, I don't even, shouldn't even say commission driven. You're in a job that is commission dependent. Yeah. Your commission is your paycheck. Yeah. Right. They should let you dress however the fuck you want to dress that makes you comfortable to sell cars. And if you're not selling cars, then they get rid of you. Period. That'd be cool. Yeah. Whatever. I, just I would totally that. be there in fucking t-shirt and jeans, though. So the long hours. Yeah. Many days. You're working six-day weeks, 12-hour days. How does that affect your marriage? Oh, that, well, that's tough. Yeah. So uh, right out of, the, like, the first couple of weeks, the first week's not the bit, that big of a deal. 
okay, it sucks a little bit because your wife is like, oh, you're not home or your spouse or whomever. Right. Um, they're like, oh, this sucks a little bit. And your significant other or others, it's 2019. Yeah, and polygamy still illegal. Yeah, but polygamy is illegal. But, but you know, your side bitches might being be poly, you. being poly or having multiple people. I mean, I could live with six of my friends and be fucking all of them. Yeah, it's not against the law as long as I don't marry more than one of them. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the first week isn't that big of a deal. The second and third week is where it gets shitty. So like by my third week. Tara was like, fuck, dude, this sucks. She's like, I never see you. Where, where, what are you doing? Right. And she's got to take care of, and that's the thing, is that that stress and frustration is compounded because you have children. Yeah. And so that not only does she have to worry about all of the stuff at home and be alone and not get to spend time with you, but on top of it, she has to deal with the children. Well, I'll tell you today, I was having a shitty day and uh, the kids, I knew the kids were getting off of school. So I was like, fuck, I'm taking a lunch break. I'm going home. I'm having a beer and hanging out with my kids for a few. Fucking A. So I did that and it was great. And they were like, dad, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh man, I was like, I just fucking decided to take a lunch break. I was like, suck being there. I was like, you want to hear this cool song? (laughs) That's awesome. Played a song for him, pounded my beer, went back to work, was in a better mood. Everybody won. Right on. Like, it was cool. Um, probably not supposed to have a beer on my lunch break. But. I'm I'm pretty sure fuck up, fuck them, fuck yeah, those people, I mean, fuck that thing, fuck that. I mean, how much coke are they doing? How much cocaine? I know you can't answer this question. That's the, even, that's the question e- of the day. Even in even in jest, you can't answer this question. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to paint a picture of pounds of cocaine in the bottom drawer of someone's desk how fucking cool would and that then, be and just people just you know you ever seen you ever seen sumo wrestlers when they clap with the powder everywhere yeah like i see somebody just you know how much cooler my job would be if everybody was coked out all the time yeah. that would be so funny yeah um and i'm i'm sure you know how much cooler my job would be if i was coked out all the time I'm definitely, I'm definitely afraid of cocaine. Yeah. I've yeah. never touched it. I, wouldn't touch it. My wife would divorce me, which I think I might start doing cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I see it out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I could, I could I do, do not. I do not want to. Divorce. I can take the I easy out and cheat. But yeah. what I'll do is <laughs> become a junkie. Yeah. Oh, she hates. She hates junkies, man. She really. Yeah, she hates people that have, you know, like serious debilitating substance abuse. Oh, dude. So I had this junkie come in. Um, and the big boss was in and he's like, Hey, you're up. So I have to go help this junkie. So I go over to help this lady and she's fucking whacked out of her mind. She has her like 13 year old, 14 year old daughter with her. And I'm just like, dude, you are a loser. And she's like, Oh, I want, I want this car and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, do you have, you know, $35,000? No. I'm like, well, you're basically going to need all of that to get into this car because you've made bad decisions with your credit. <laughs> so you're going to need all of that to get into this car. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, bank, like bank, bitch, bank, do I look like a general? Yeah. I know he sells insurance, but bank bank does not want to finance you on that car because you make bad decisions like right. doing drugs all the time. That's a bad decision, lady. She's like, all right, whatever. Um, how much would I need to get into a similar model? I tell her. She's like, I'll have that by the end of the month. Whatever. Go turn your tricks. Make it happen. Boom. Boom. I did not say that to this Boom. woman. Uh, you, you, said my, that, you said that to the 13-year-old. My, my boss's boss is like, just get her the fuck out of here. Right. I don't want this junkie in here right now. Perfect. Me neither. Send her out. She comes back in. Boom. She's got the money, doesn't she? No, no, no. So she goes out. She walks, sucks some dick for that car? Walks around the lot. And comes back in and is like, hey, I uh, what what if I wanted this one? And I'm like, mm, all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but we could go back to that other thing where you just bring me $3,500 and then I get you into a car that's similar. Like it has four wheels or something. And, she, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like, all right, bet. So Bet? Yeah. This lady was out there. So she calls me like fucking two weeks later and is like, hey, I got your money, Chris. You going to get me into this car? 
And I'm like, come on in. Let's see what we can do. So she comes back. Just so happens that my boss's boss had just left. And I was like, damn, I wanted him to be here while I sold this crack at a car. Uh, I'm probably going to get fired for this one. Um, so she leaves or she comes, she comes in and, uh, I'm like, all right, well, this is what I can get you into with that money down. And she's like, this is some bullshit. You bait and switched me. (laughs) And I'm like, I told you I could get you into a vehicle that I could get you into something similar. I didn't say I could get you into that specific vehicle. I'm like, so there was no bait and switch. You left knowing that that car wasn't going to happen unless you had $35,000 to put down. because yeah, that's you have a- one-tenth of that. Yeah. Theoretically. I'm, I haven't seen your money. Yeah, I'm like, so, you know, and she's like, I had my mom come up here, and she's a diabetic and just had her legs cut off or something like that. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, so you don't want the vehicle that I can offer you with your cash down? No. I'm like, do you want me to try to find another one? Is it going to be the one I want? And I'm like, No. No. I don't want that one. And I was going to try to get this lady into a black Nissan Maxima. It was a 2014 instead of a 2019. That sounds great. Nissan Maxima, decent car. Yeah, it's a great car. More car than I'm sure she could actually pay for um, with her habit. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, all right, whatever. That's fine. So leaving, she's like, this is some bullshit. Goes outside. I guess stews or walks around or does what get does a hit i don't know does whatever crackheads do comes back in and is like i brought my mom out here so that she could give me some money to put down and blah blah and i'm like okay will she co-sign for you fuck that i'm an adult (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like where 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 did you make the adult decisions you silly goose so she finally fucking leaves and uh, I'm just like Jesus that's genius where I mean what do you say to that you are yeah shaggy yeah. no like I don't I don't fucking know nobody checks your ID to buy crack yeah, well of course not they just want to make that sale so how do you know it was crack? I don't know that it was crack. It was so some... you're just being racist. No, she was a she was a freaking white lady that had pockmarked. So it was probably meth. Yeah. Um, if well, I so had to guess, how do you guess. know it was meth? Are you a racist? White people can't do crack. No, you fucking bigot. No, because it looks like she was picking at her skin, and that's a meth oh, thing. Oh yeah, it is. She had yeah. them fucking meth teeth. Those meth teeth, meth scars. Like she looked like a big meth head. Yeah, pussy um, so blind out, you got to put it in her shitter just to feel something. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> so then you talk to the other sales reps, and they're like, well, "Would you take her to the down payment room?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, not even if there was a fire." What is the down payment room? Chris? So it's it's just a joke. Mm. Um, so it's it's a joke. Like, oh, would you go get a blowjob for a down payment or something stupid like right. that? Uh, there's no down payment room. No, that's not a real it's thing. It's called the bathroom. I got it. Yeah. So the yeah. Down, so the down payment room. So like, how, is this a real thing? No. Has this happened? Before? I'm sure. I'm sure it's happened in some car place somewhere. Like we've literally accepted a gun as a trade at a lot that I used to work at. Kick ass. Yeah. So it was a 308. It was actually a really nice gun. Um, we took a jacket. It was 85 degrees outside. This guy came in in a leather coat, and to get him into a car, they were like, we need $1,200 down, because originally it was like $2,000. They are like, we need $1,200 down, and give me that fucking jacket. It's way too hot for that. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's getting ready to get in his new car, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm taking my jacket. And the manager runs outside. He goes, no, I need that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that's kick ass takes the guy's jacket and he's like alright go put this in the lost and found hysterical right that's rude well he didn't want he didn't actually want the jacket he was just like no I made it as part of the deal so I'm taking the fucking jacket wow that's amazing that was funny as shit dude yeah. that guy got Cody so drunk too oh so, really yeah, oh yeah after he left the company um, we went over to his house one day and it was it just so happened to be Cody's birthday that day like we were out celebrating cody's birthday we go there and this guy's got a fucking handle a fireball and he's like it's your birthday take this 
fucking gives him, you know, the gallon of fireball. And Cody's running around with this thing like it's fucking Christmas or something. Right. Getting just blasted shit face drunk. Him and his wife were still together at the time. Mm-hmm. And some girl from work starts like firing on him. And they're like sitting there talking and stuff. And I, I went and grabbed him and I was like, hey, go fucking hold this wall up. Okay. Right. I'm not going to be a, a party to you cheating on your wife right now because somebody handed you a fucking gallon of fireball. Right. Um, so yeah, that was funny as shit. Uh, he ended up, <laughs> sorry, Cody, he ended up fucking puking his guts up in the bathroom, falling asleep next to the toilet, his legs blocking the door. <laughs> so like we couldn't get in for the longest time. Finally we get in and I'm like, all right, buddy, I'm going to get you home now. So I go and he's like, yeah, that's cool. He gets up and then I'm like, cool. He's like, I'm going to go get in my car. I'm like, no, just go get in my car, unlock my car. He starts walking. We're saying goodbyes. And uh, I go out on the front porch. He's laying asleep on the front porch. Puke everywhere. Oh, He's fucking laying in it. There, man. It's fucking everywhere. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I go to try to pick his ass up. Cody was like 300 and something pounds at the time. And 300 and something pounds of dead weight. Oh, it, it's, yeah. it's It might as well have been 10,000 pounds. Because like I'd go to like pick a limb up to like get him up and... He's just the limb would go, yeah, and that's it. That was it. Like I could have fucking taken his arm and run it back inside. <laughs> okay, so he's fucking he's gone, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna need somebody to come help me. So I grab one of the other dudes, and he's like, all right, yeah, I'll help you out. And then he sees that he's laying in a puddle of his own puke, and he's like, no, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> so I get him up, I accompany him to the car, and uh, I actually drive his car to get him home, and. His wife was pissed. Yeah. She's like, you can't come home this drunk ever. And he's like, I'm not that drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes and falls asleep in the shower. There's no way. She weighed like fucking 98 pounds. So there's no way she could fucking move this asshole. Right. And uh, yeah, it was hysterical. So the next day she's like, yeah, Cody fell asleep in the shower. And I'm like, oh, he's okay though. He didn't drown or anything, right? (laughs) No, he didn't drown. He got out like two hours later. I'm like, when the water was cold, she's like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I've done that to my wife a few times. Have passed you? out, passed out drunk, puked everywhere. I've done that. Oh, I've absolutely fucking puked everywhere. Uh, passing out drunk. I, I don't. I'm not a big passer outer. Now I'll fucking. I'll go straight to bed. I'll be like, I'm done. It's bedtime. Um, I puked all over the place. I've never puked in bed. Mm-hmm. I've slept next to the toilet. I don't mind that. I've done that. I, That's I've not, not that bad. Yeah, I've not puked in the bed. I've puked in the car. I've puked on the car. I've puked in the yard. I've puked in the sink. I've puked. Oh, I've puked in the sink like a floor. motherfucker. I, puked, I mean, I've puked all over the place. Well, so the last couple of times that I've thrown up, I've been outside. So I'm nice. like, I'm like, oh, I'm in God's Perfect. country right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> like decompose. Fertilize this grass, bitch. <laughs> So, you know, you throw up on the grass and there's a huge dead spot. But, uh, yeah, I did it at my, my buddy's, my buddy Bill's house years ago. First time I met my, my brother's girlfriend at the time, they didn't last, but, uh, I puked everywhere in Bill's yard. Chris is sneaking across the room. He's, he's getting that vape, bro. You even vape, bro? Jesus Christ. Do you even vape, bro? So that's a. That's an ongoing joke. So, another what the, car. This, this is like a little pocket vibrator thing. It's a little. Yeah, you can actually rocket. put that on your clit and it'll get the job done. Yeah, I watched a video of a woman. <laughs> uh, I think it was on Reddit where I saw it. And I was like, I don't know if it was trashy or what could go wrong or Didn't whatever. Didn't they get rid of porn? Uh, goodness gracious, no. Hmm. Reddit? Somebody got rid of porn. Oh, Tumblr. Tumblr did. So, she's got a taser, a fucking taser. And she's going to get herself off with it. The video is hilarious because she's just writhing there, holding that taser to her clit. And then she just slops and falls out of the bed. Fucking passed out. <laughs> half awesome. dead. She had awesome. two heart attacks. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, no, another another car business story. So there was, a, there was one day a bunch of fucking like 20-year-old kids get out of a car. And they're all wearing tank tops. It's summer, and they're like, we want to see some Scions. Scions are bro cars. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we're like, oh, yeah? 
And I, I naturally, I go to help them. I'm like, do you even vape, bro? <laughs> and they're like, fuck yeah, man, you vape. And I was like, everybody vapes, bro. <laughs> so they bust their fucking vapes out and they're showing their fucking their rocket ships that they keep in their pocket, you know. And they're like, this is my vape. I get the biggest clouds with this vape, bro. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't have any scions. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> Go back inside. My boss goes instinctually. He goes, do you even vape, bro? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So so then everybody in the office is running around, bro, bro, <laughs> you even vape? It was fucking great. So has Tara's job ever gotten in the way of your, has ever ever stressed out your marriage, caused issues with your relationship? So- Tara carries the burden of work home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I would say that's probably the biggest detriment to our relationship with her. So she'll go to work, get all fucking stressed out and shit. Hit that shit, dude. How does it even have fluid in it? Just, how, how do you even hit it? Just put that part in your mouth and go. <sighs> so she'll go to work, not tell anybody no, deal with all kinds of bullshit, and then come home and be so fucking <laughs> uptight and pissed. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, you can kill your boss. Whatever. Don't do that. That sucks ass. I don't like that. So th- that that's the biggest thing with her. She doesn't work the crazy hours that I do, though. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, she works in a fucking office building with, you know, 600 other women and, like, two dudes. Right. So it's. Dudes getting that pussy. I'm sure they try. Fucking them bitches. Oh, man, I made one of her coworkers cry one time. And, uh. It was, so it was the big fight that we got in after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this girl walks up and she's like trying to like talk to me or something. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, in my life, who are you? I'm like, you're fucking nobody to me. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Kick ass. So <laughs> my rationale there is I'm nobody to you. This shouldn't really hurt your feelings. She goes and fucking cries. So wow. I saw her. Saturday night when I was out with my buddies and uh, oh my god dude like anytime I see this girl it's like oh fuck you know you feel uh, not guilty but I'm just you feel like the judgy look coming from oh, her oh yeah I'm like, because she's because she's judging you she oh, totally yeah. thinks oh, she's yeah. lots of you yeah, no, yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. like I don't fuck. yeah I got a I got a buddy he just got married this past weekend his wife fucking hates me hates me like he tells people don't even bring up his name really yeah it's that bad? Oh, yeah. She hates me. You still get to be friends? Um. Well, since he left the job that we worked at together, we haven't really talked much. But Oh, shit. Another, another one of my buddies. Actually, a few of my friends were in his grooms, groomsman party. Or were groomsmen in his wedding party, I should say. And uh, one of them was going to take me as his plus one. Oh, that would have been magical. Yeah, it would have been fan-fucking-tastic. The other interesting thing is, is that... One of my friends, who was the groomsman, and I'm trying to keep this vague in case this gets out, says to the groom, he's like, hey, uh, are you sure you want to do this? He didn't protest. He didn't answer. Oh, he shit. He just stared at the floor. Oh, man. Yeah. So before my first marriage, Cody was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, oh, this is what I have to do. Right. And my mom asked the same thing. She's like, you know, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Good. That's a good mom and a good friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But shit, dude. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Should have been like, nope, bye. Yeah, purse. Deuces, bitch. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen though. For another year. Yeah. See, she hates me because we i was at a i was working for the medical resupply company or this working for the medical supply company yeah and uh was at a local a local science fiction convention that she is one of the organizers for and uh her friend was my boss at the time and well i mean i talked about how my boss at the time whose job eventually i took wasn't doing a good job number one that she really wasn't great at what she was doing but she was really fucking hot (laughs) and then i said something negative about the convention i was at and then she said something and then i said something back to the effect of well i mean i don't care i'm not fucking you (laughs) 
I think that's a fair statement, yeah. though. <laughs> I think that's a very fair statement. Like, I don't have to care. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I think I have, but you never have more power in a relationship with a woman than when you know you're never going to fuck them. You think that's when it's most powerful? Yeah. See, I think it's most powerful when you pretend you don't want to fuck them, but they want to fuck you. Yeah, but no, don't pretend. Just don't want to fuck them. Yeah, but then what if you want to get laid? Then all of a sudden the, the power dynamic's off, according you, to your logic. No, 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 no. You don't want to fuck them. Have you ever met a woman you don't want to fuck because she's just a hateful, miserable cunt or she's hideously unattractive? Yeah, lots of them. Yeah, well, then there you go. Their pussy has no power over you, Chris. I don't put the pussy on a pedestal. The, yes, you do. You're a heterosexual man. You do. You can pretend, you can sit there pretending that you don't put the pussy on a pedestal, that it doesn't have some mystical kryptonite-like value and power, but it does. Whatever. I don't know. Shut up. See, here's the thing, Mike. We're in this unique position right now to where we have the perma-pussy. It's like permafrost, but it's not going to go away in 2,000 years. We're going to die before it goes away. Okay? It's called marriage. And, like, I get the same one for forever, no matter what. You know, unless she royally fucks something up or I royally fuck something up, at which point I don't get to have sex with her anymore. Okay. Like, I can't really see past that. Is that bizarre? Are you Are you even a human being? Most days. You, I don't know. Probably do not. Even, do you even understand? Oh, my God. Why? Wh okay. Why would I let something like that rule my life? Like, I love having sex. It's great. It's not my everything. There's, there's been times where I'm doing it, and I'm like, this is fucking surreal. Like, this is such a bizarre activity to be partaking <laughs> you in. so ugly and stupid. Yeah. Well, it's just such a weird thing. I'm like, I'm like we're, we're rubbing the things that we pee out of on each other. It's kind of a bizarre thing. Like, why is this happening? And um, you're, then you're like, oh, yeah, I like this. That's why this is happening. Then yeah. you're like, but uh, it's still kind of weird. Like, that absolutely has crossed my mind. Actually, okay, so I did not try pot for the first time until I was like 25 years old. And I had a fully developed brain that I could wreak havoc on at this point. So I did with my wife. And I was like, oh, man, this is fucking awful. It was the worst experience of my life. Um, and I was like, we got to try to have sex, though. Have to do it. And I was, like, freaking out the entire time. Like, I could I could feel time and stuff. It was awful, awful experience for me. And while we're doing it, I'm thinking to myself, this is, like, such a big ordeal. Like, having to, getting to have sex with somebody is, like, it's a fucking big ordeal. Like, it's this whole thing that we have to try for and all this stuff, and I'm doing it right now, and I'm, like, thinking about other stuff. That's fucking weird. Like, it was just so bizarre for me. And, like, yeah, that was awful. Awful. Have, Don't do have, drugs. Have you, have you, you should do drugs. They're amazing. Um, have you spoken to a therapist about your anxiety and about your obsessive compulsive nature? Yeah, no. Okay, you should. You should probably... You you have you have some weird issues that need to be unpacked. So I was talking to Tara about this recently. She was like, are you ever worried? Or she it was after I went out. She was like, she was like, are you going to leave me or something? And I was like, what the fuck? No, why? And she was like, well, you just, you know, you went out with your friends and stuff. I didn't know if like girls were hitting on you. I'm like, even if fucking somebody was hitting on me, which they weren't. Um, I'm like, I don't have any fucking desire to go off and be with somebody else or anything stupid like that. I'm like, I have one foot firmly planted in my grave and another one that's kind of in, in, in the moment. And I'm trying to be somewhere in between the two. I'm like, but I look at everything as the totality of, oh, I'm going to die. I'm like, and I don't want anything like that resting on my conscience at the, you know, while I'm on my deathbed. Like, this is all very, very temporary, and I understand that. So it's it's a it's a bizarre thing. I I look at everything like that. It's it's a fucked up thing. Like that that high time, I was like, I kept thinking about death. I was like, this ends. This all ends. 
horrible. Wow. Yeah. See, don't you just get to a point where you embrace the fact that it's that it, it's going to end, so you might as well just enjoy every moment? Well, that's where I'm at. But it's it's one of those things that I respect the fact that it's going to end. So, like, have, have you have you seen anybody die? Like, watched it happen? Yeah. No. So, I have. I've seen two of my family members die. I was a room away you when... Killed them both? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah. That's they had crazy. it coming. They shouldn't have had cancer. Um, <laughs> Why did you give them cancer in yeah. a tablet? Yeah, that's what I did. So, no, I've seen two people that I care very much about die. And, like, it, everything kind of shifted at that point. And then there was one night in particular where uh, I had a dream, and it was like a Twin Tower kind of dream. I was in a building, airplane crashed into it, building was going down. It was so bizarre. I was up in the top of the building with my dad, and uh, the building's going down, and, like, I'm like, okay, well, it's done. Like, this is over. And it was very real to me, and that was the thing that really stuck out about this dream, and so I was like, oh, this is very real. Um, and I, I seriously thought that was the end. So building's going down, and I was like, all right, well, I guess it's time to start making peace here. So I'm like, Thanks, God, for my kids. Thanks for my lady. Like, Tara and I weren't married at the time. I was like, you know, I'm grateful. So this is it. And uh, I woke up as the building was going down. Like, because the building started to go, and I was there, and I was in a chair. That was a weird thing. I was sitting in a chair. It was like, like a weird. wheelchair with wings? No, 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 no. We were, like, on fucking. Like, you flew out of the building in we a were, wheelchair with We were wings? on, we were, like. And it had bicycle pedals. It was almost, like, like make bleacher, bleacher seats. And I don't know why everybody was in bleacher seats for the building to be crashed into by an airplane, but that's that's what my brain put together for this particular scenario. And, uh, yeah, like, after that, like, it was all very different for me. Like, the the whole life experience thing. So, I've absolutely approached things since then, like, oh, this fucking get this gets over. So I have to, I have to handle things as such. Like you can't take back anything that you do. That's that's profound. Like that's very different. And like most people are like, oh, they'll get over it or they'll forgive me or whatever. And like that's not how I want to view things, and that's not how I want to conduct myself. So I make my best attempt not to. Do you think people? engage in certain behavior expecting to be forgiven or that it will be forgotten like i've i've never done anything and said well if i get busted i'm gonna be forgiven or you know no i don't but i i don't think people engage in the behavior and think at all or they might i don't know but i don't think people always think of repercussions and i don't of course not because if, if if you did there's a lot of behavior that you wouldn't engage in maybe not like some people just, all right, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Hmm. This is, this is the ride. And I'm like, it's not like, it's not the ride. Like the, the, the ride is how you handle everything and what you do to sidestep certain activities and stuff like that. Like there, there's, there's a level of engagement that you have to, um, there are certain things, I suppose, not a level of engagement, but there are certain things that you have to decide not to engage in. Or to engage in, like you're a willing participant in a lot of things. No, I I I get that. I guess I guess what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I just, I mean, I don't I don't go out looking to fuck other people. I don't, you know. I wouldn't either. Yeah. But so the fact of the matter is, though, like let's say you go out and some chick is just throwing it at you. Yeah, that that doesn't. And you're happen. you're inebriated and things start heating up. Like, why why would you let it get to that point? So you do something to sidestep it. Like you do something to avoid that situation as a whole. Um, I don't like, I, I am like talk about dungeons and dragons. Yeah. 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 You do that to sidestep getting laid. Yeah. It works for sure. 78% of the time. Yeah. (laughs) No, like I I just, I don't like when I go to meet my maker and I don't want that there. So I avoid it. And that's when uh, I'll continue to do that. So, like, explaining that to Tara, I was like, you know, th- like, I kind of gave her this philosophy. And I was like, this is this is what life is for me. And, like, so I don't want to do something that's going, I'm like, I can't take back anything that I do. Like, this is it. This is the, this is the real life. This is the one time that I get to do it, to the best of my knowledge. I'm like, so I have to do this in a way that I see as proper, and if I don't want anything shitty on my conscience when I'm on my deathbed, or when I go to meet my maker, I, I don't, don't want to have to answer for that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that is an entirely unique perspective, Mm-mm. but I certainly think that it is a rare perspective. I don't, 
I don't know anyone in my circle that is in my, my spheres of influence that looks at life that way. Well, that's uh, my, my family. Like one of the things that we do is if somebody is like dying or something like that, like everybody is you guys there. have a weird incest orgy. Yeah. Just, I mean, just it's banging just, it out everywhere. Uh, no. So every, everybody's just there. And you're there with that person. It's like a sending off kind of thing. Sucking brothers just, blah, 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 just yeah. getting on the cool. Um No, everybody's just kind of there, and uh, it, it is what it is. Like that's how I want to go, and it's good. Um, so I don't, I don't want. I don't know. Like you, 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 when you see it, when you see somebody go, like it's just different. I mean, I've had family members die and have had to go to funerals and had friends die. It's, and it's had very to to different, though. Like seeing somebody take their last breath is just different. Sure. I believe that. Um, and but I, I've never this is going to sound so horrible. I, I've never. Oh, no, no, no. I have to drive, man. I can't. Um. <laughs> I can't in this I, I can't think of relationships in my life that have ended that I regret that they ended. Well, like for me, uh my my grandmother was like a mother figure to me. And my mom has been active in my life my entire life. Like I I'm very very fortunate and I've always had strong male and female influences. So, I'm not uh, not about to complain about any of that. Um, but my grandma was very motherlike to me and like, she was definitely like the number one lady in my life for a long time. And when you, when you see that person go and like, it's not, that's not what you wanted. And this lady didn't feel like going for a long time. So when, when you see that happen, you see somebody fight and all that stuff. Like it's, it's, it's profound and like it changes your perspective. And it's, it's so funny. Like I'm not one of those people that gets super emotional about a lot of things, but like I took uh, I took my youngest son to my grandma's grave one day, and I fucking lost it, like I completely lost it, and I was like, "This is my boy, you're my grandpa, and you're dead." Um, but it it was bizarre, and it was just one of those things where I was like, "All right, well, you know, this is like you you would be proud of this, and you would be proud of me for this." So here it is, like I I'm here. And it was, it, I, I, it's so hard to put into words. Like I don't, I don't have a way to articulate it, but it was a, it was a big, big deal for me. And it was the first time I had been there since she had died. So this is, you know, seven years later, something crazy like that, maybe more. I don't know. I don't remember the, uh, she died December 23rd, 2005. So this would have been a Merry Christmas. Yeah. So this would have been, a. uh. 2014 13 14 something like that so it had been almost 10 years since she had died and it was a very profound thing for me and like it was one of those things like having her leave was life-altering for me and something that made me consider life differently than i had and i was i was still a kid i mean i was 16 uh when she died so Going into that, like it, it made everything different. It was bizarre. Hmm. So yeah, there's some death for you, motherfuckers. I just, it, as horrible as it sounds, I, I I've just never been impacted by the death of relatives. I certainly, I don't understand when a celebrity dies. And everybody loses their shit. Oh my god, I fucking hate that. In high school, if you know, God forbid, somebody got killed in a car accident, and then the entire class is uh, yeah, like, people that were assholes yeah, to them. Well, yeah, I, what I, the I think fuck. Man. I think that brings people's own mortality to the forefront of their. In attention. high school, I think it's about oh, look at me, look how much I'm suffering at the loss of this person. You know, I think it's all fucking pomp and circumstance. It's just a bullshit facade, but. But now, I mean, when a celebrity dies, I mean, I mean, I know I, I love the Hellboy comic books. Mike Mignola died. I'd be like, huh, that sucks. And people when Stan Lee died and people were like, oh, my God, Stan, you've such an important part of my life. I mean, yeah. that dude was a big part of 
why do stuff like this? I, I, I understand that, but you know, to lose your shit over it, you know, you didn't know the man, you weren't friends. He made a product that impacted your life. I get that. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it was not a direct impact and it was not a direct relationship. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, if you die, I'm going to go to your funeral. I'm like, this guy was a fucking hottie. I mean, he was a hottie. He was a prick and a sociopath, but he was a hot. Total sociopath. Um, I think I'm more of a sociopath than you are. You are. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Especially hearing you talk about people die. Um, I just don't care. Dying. I just don't. I just don't. I'm like, "Ah, well, that one's gone. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, I just don't. Do you, do you think about your own mortality at all? I think about killing myself a lot, but I don't think about my own mortality. Hmm. Like, I, I mean, the thing is, is that eventually, and I and I believe this, eventually, and it, the, the length of time is going to be different for everyone, but eventually I will be forgotten. And my impact on the people, my impact on people's lives that I was close to will diminish over time and will have, you know, in reality for everyone, they will realize that it did not have the significance that they thought that it had to them. And certainly I don't have the significance to other people that I wish that I had. I just don't. I disagree. I think it's one of those things where you impact everybody in a very different way, but like what what you do to impact them impacts interactions with everybody. Yeah, but if I if so if, okay, I'm so driving, so for the I'm rest of humanity, today, yeah, right, I have a I have a I have a car accident, and I fucking die. Yeah, right, dead. Yeah, there's gonna be you know my wife for example is gonna go through a hard time, but the the people that like the people that I work with, the people that I have casual acquaintance interactions with, you know, it's just not going to matter to them. Six months from my death, it just. I'm going to be an afterthought. I, I disagree. I, th- I think the impact that you have on people is a little more profound than you'll give yourself credit for. And it's it's not so much about giving yourself credit, but like what, what, what you mean to somebody you don't know mm-hmm. uh, and how you impact them and like just what you what you do for somebody else and what you bring to the table. It, it matters. Like there's uh, we had a conversation a few weeks back about uh, the significance that we have in the workplace. And it's because of the gifts that you bring. And you're like, and there are just titans out there, people that are able to do so much and blah, blah, blah. But but, but most people don't have value like that. But the value that you have is different. So the value that you may have is value is ultimately determined by the audience. So what you're bringing to the table is going to be how how significant that is is determined by the people that you're interacting with. So then, then how do you know that you have value to others? So, okay. This is bizarre. So, I don't think you always know. Like, what you hear about a lot of people, like, offing themselves and shit like that. And then there's this outpour from everybody around them. Because you had an effect on all of their lives and like there there might be something that you slightly change somebody's perspective on and that's something that ultimately gets passed on to others that are a part of this human race or existence or whatever and i think it's a little more profound than we give ourselves credit for hmm. like it's it, it's there like you're constantly interacting with people constantly and you have no idea what value what you're doing is bringing to somebody else like you can't know because you, you're not receiving it from their perspective. That's depressing. Why? It, it your your value is profound, is really what that means. What you bring to the table, like even if you're a peon or you're somebody, you're a pawn in a chess game. Like ultimately, you played some you you played a part in this big role. A a part that wasn't significant. It was significant if you were there. Like you started off all in the same plane again referring to the chessboard like you're all in the same plane it's all this one space everything there's however many pieces how many pieces are in a line on a chessboard i don't know i think there's 32 yeah there's 32 pieces on either side so if you're a pawn you're one of 16 and as soon as you go like that there's a point value associated with a pawn it's like a point i'm pretty sure that there's only eight pawns on the side so you've got two rooks two bishops two knights, 
a king and a queen. That's eight. And then in front of them are okay. eight pawns. Okay, so there's 32 total pieces. That, Whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, you don't listen to me because well, I don't I mean, have significance to you. That's not true. You're one of yeah. eight. <laughs> so there, no, there's a point value associated with every piece. So when you're like, oh, this piece impacts this in such a way, you're like, yes, but that that pawn being there could potentially keep a king from being taken. Right. So it matters. Like, but it's easily disposable <laughs> if that move gets you an advantage over your opponent. Yeah, but it helped you win. Sure. But I threw it away because it was easy to throw away. Yeah. But, I didn't think about, oh my God, I'm going to lose Carl. Carl, the pawn's going to die. Well, you don't name your pawns. I'm going to win the game because Carl's going to die. But you, you, but, you won. Yeah, the thing is, is that we're all Carls. We don't have value. We're an easy, disposable thing. I think that's, I think that's your depression talking. Like, do you? Yes, I do. do like, do I, I, I think that you hold a little more value than you would give yourself credit for. So, and, and, here's, and here's where I'm going to talk out of the other side of my mouth. My wife and I were having this conversation recently. I honestly believe that there is an intrinsic value to all life. I think that all human life has an intrinsic value, good or bad. Why? Because I think that it's a, it's a, it's a miraculous and precious thing. Okay, why is it miraculous and precious? Because this the because it impacts all of the other human beings around you. N- no, it that's does. Not, you existing in that space does. You know what? So I know a lot of people that are like fucking Mike Brodor. Mike Brodor. I, 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 I yes, you do. I don't know those people. Bullshit! You have people that have never spoken to you before come up to you and they're they're like, "You're Brodor from Fear the Boot." Yeah, well, that that does happen on yeah, rare occasion. It happens. So you you affect somebody that you don't even know, like no fucking clue that they even exist, and they're like, "Dude, I fucking listen to you." Blah blah blah. Like that's it's a humbling thing. Now, take that into a smaller circle, and it's the people that you are constantly in contact with. Like uh, that 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 that's a lot. Like if you're if you're playing some role in somebody's life that you didn't even know existed imagine the role that you're playing in somebody's life that does know that you exist. And like, even if you feel like you're, you're not a prominent figure in somebody's life, I think you're there more than you realize. Maybe it's me. It's not you. There's a lot of people that feel that way. What what I'm saying is, is that maybe, maybe I think that I am not valuable to people because people are not valuable to me. I think people are more valuable to you than you give credit for though. I think that's probably fair. Like, uh, talking on the podcast, your, your wife is basically the forefront. She's the human being that matters most to you. Yeah, of course. If she died, you'd be shattered. Oh, I would be destroyed. That person has significance. I would also be free. Oh yeah. You'd be so free. You'd be <laughs> fucking free to live in a pit of misery. Oh because my there God, would, there would be, be so... a, there would be a period of time where you were fucking distraught, inconsolable. You might even off yourself. Yeah. Um, not saying that that would be an appropriate no, course I of action. No, I, I, I would not. I would not kill myself, but I probably would. You ruin contemplate my life. it, like when uh when Tara left. That was the only time that I had ever seriously thought about it in my life. And I was like, this is a shit sandwich. This sucks. I don't want to be yeah, around you, if this person's you, not you around. Can't. That's the thing is that you can't kill yourself because you have fucking children. Well, I could if I was a bitch. nothing more selfish. Yeah, no, I could if I was a bitch. Yeah, and I don't think killing yourself is selfish. I do. I, I do not. I do. There, there's And there's not a scenario where you don't play some role in somebody's life. So, so okay. So you have a family member mm-hmm. that has a debilitating and painful illness mm-hmm. and they want euthanasia they want someone you know a, a kevorkian to come and put them to sleep because they cannot deal with this pain and it has utterly destroyed their quality of life that's how people get with depression i get it it destroyed their life and they can't do it anymore did you read the cup that i gave you you had me and i hate the bitch too (laughs) it's one of tara's wine glasses um cody's ex-wife made that for tara nice fun fact that's Uh, funny so yeah pretty are they still friends no yeah no that chick's a fucking nightmare 
Um, Are your ex-wife and Cody's ex-wife? They fuck. They scissor, don't they? They're like scissor me. No, uh, they're fucking assholes. Like two two octopus suction cups, just yeah. No, I mean, I think I think the I think the value that each person has is pretty it, it's pretty profound, and I don't think you know the impact that you have, and I think it's probably better that we don't. The, the thing is, is that I generally look at life as something that I just kind of go through the motions. That's you being caught up in the mundane. That's because you're not living life, quote unquote. I don't know what that might be for you. It's going to be different from individual to individual. I think it's good. For me, it would be just doing a bunch of cocaine and playing toy soldiers. How how fucking, how funny would it be if you did cocaine and it was just so depressing for you? Oh, my God. I, I would be sad. You're like, damn, this wasn't that great. I didn't do this cocaine. This shit sucked. Yeah. We went all over the map on this episode. Yeah, we did. But... but- Go on. No, I was going to say, but we talked about some deep stuff. About we did. how I don't care about things or people or myself or whatever. And, you know. I talked about how everybody has value. Value that you might not even understand. No, I think I think everybody has a, a good amount of value. I think, I, think, I think all human life has significance. And I, that is why I struggle with things like abortion and the death penalty. Because who is the state to decide to take someone else's life? So the state is ultimately the people in that situation. And is it? It is. So the state is supposed to be a representation of the people, the state- especially here in America, yeah. oh, um, because that's where we live. Uh, sorry if you listeners are in another country. I, you're, you're, your governing body is ultimately supposed to be a representation of the people that are a part of it. And it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be. And when you, when somebody's basically determined to be a menace to that group whole, like you, you have to decide, okay, does this person need to be in existence anymore? And, uh, like you, you give this group the ability to decide that now you have a mom mentality to an extent, which I understand, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a thing. Like, if there's some fucking child molester out there, like, no matter what good they do, like, you're doing fuck tons of damage. And I'm not saying you're doing good by molesting children, because somebody's <laughs> going to take that and run with it. Um, you're not doing good by molesting children, but I'm saying, let's say you're you're a child molester by night and a uh, fucking <laughs> veterinarian by day. Or Chris, <laughs> not Chris Rock, uh, fucking Dave Chappelle has this whole thing about about you know a superhero that rapes he saves a lot of lives but he rapes it is this whole bit about it but like would we tolerate that because he's a really good guy and he does all these heroic things but he rapes and he's basically doing a correlation to to bill cosby yeah but speaking of child molesters my buddy today sends me on facebook this link to the saturday night live skit that's fucking hilarious and saturday night live is very rarely funny let alone hilarious but it's dwayne the rock johnson in this evil evil scientist this evil geniuses you know invention competition and all these people are like the, the first guy's like i developed a ray that i get to shrink stuff and i'm gonna have the eiffel tower as a keychain and you know have the uh you know mount rushmore in my pocket and the next chick is like i made a freeze ray so i'm gonna freeze on the national monuments and then this guy you know roy comes out and it's dwayne it's dwayne johnson he's got a hairpiece on or what have you and he's got a robot and he's like um uh, i invented a robot that molests children <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're like oh, everyone's aghast and he's like so uh yeah you uh t- it's a robot and uh t- molest kids and it's the most evil thing that i could come up with and people are like what the, what is wrong with you how could you i made a ray that shrinks stuff and he's like well wait a minute i i just thought we were trying to make the most evil thing <laughs> and they're like well we did but what you did is just it's, it's unconscionable and he's like well the dictionary defines evil as, and he goes into the diction, the dictionary definition of evil. And they're like, ah, freaking out. And he, and they're like, how do you make a robot that molests kids? He's like, well, you, you start by making a robot and then you molest it and hope that, <laughs> hope that it, it, it perpetuates the behavior on others. Oh my God. <laughs> it's 
fucking hilarious. Holy shit. <laughs> you make a robot and then you molest how it. How do you molest a robot? I don't know. And then how do the sex robots feel? <laughs> because we literally make robots for fucking. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We are a horrible species. Yeah, we're amazing. Guys, don't fuck robots. Is that the that is the weekly word of wisdom right there. Don't fuck. here. No, okay. Here is quite in quite serious. The weekly word of wisdom. Don't fuck crazy. Don't fuck crazy. Don't put your dick in crazy. Don't get into a relationship with crazy. But you're better off being friends with crazy than fucking crazy. Don't fuck crazy. It will it will ruin your life. All right. You fucked crazy, I know. Cody fucked crazy. <laughs> oh my god, no. Um, god damn it, Mike. God damn me. I'm not well, okay. I am crazy. That's fine.